weekend of victories for South Carolina and Clemson. What's not to like? Well, I'm sure the coach, Zach Willis, has found some things not to like in those performances. Don't get me wrong. He loves to praise when praise is due, but he also likes to look at things with a critical analytical eye as he reviews the tape of these games from a coach's perspective. Welcome in. It's great to have you with us. And that Clemson running back who had to come in to replace Marfo, Dominique Thomas, out of your yep. old school there in Kentucky, right? Well, I wouldn't actually call it my old school, but it was a school I tried to turn around and got turned around, and we did it with a bunch of kids from Alabama, and he's one of those Alabama kids. He was not one of mine, but we got the ball rolling with Alabama kids in Kentucky, and trust me, Alabama high school football is probably the Honestly, the best-kept secret in the whole country. They have incredible football there, which makes sense if you look at the number of national championships on all levels of schools that won on the collegiate level. Well, he did a nice job, but what about Phil Muffa? Phil, I know he, you've been a fan of his since we first saw him come on the scene. Um, looked like an old-school uh, George Rogers-type performance. That'll probably make Clemson fans gag a little bit, but, hey, he won the Heisman Trophy. Uh, really, really uh, old-school approach to game, ball control offense. Really smart. Uh, shows just how good of a game manager and coach Dabo is. It's something that, you know, uh, people want to be entertained today. They don't, they don't care about winning. That's the only way Clemson really, in my opinion, made sure they were going to win that game. And, and Phil Moffa was a huge part, although I hate to see that fumble with a minute 47 to go kind of gave me a real bad feeling in the pit of my stomach. I can't imagine what it did for Tiger fans. So does a win like this, you've been through situations like this, you lose, you have a couple of losses in their case. It wasn't a long losing streak, a couple of losses, though, but just the way they lost. And then you win a game like this, and, of course, the fun is in the winning, but is winning the cure-all for a situation where you've had your struggles most of the season? I think overcoming that turnover at the end was definitely a huge step. Is the cure-all, we'll only, we'll only know that for the rest of the year as it goes. Um, but I can say this, I think it was a huge step in the right direction. And basically, this is a coaching deal. Game manage, you know, Clemson got up on them on Notre Dame, forced Notre Dame into some mistakes, made some big plays, controlled the running game, offensive line, dominated most of the game. Moffa was fantastic other than that fumble, phenomenal. Um, and then let the defense win it for them. You played field position football, something that, you know, used to be a normal deal to be, be great. You had to be able to do that. You, know, you go back to your favorite, the, the Packers with Lombardi, they did that. The undefeated, the only undefeated team in NFL history was the best ball control offense, maybe if not the Packers, and they were. And just holding the ball and, and playing great defense behind it. And you just kind of had that feeling, at least I did. Notre Dame ain't scoring no more today, boys. This thing's over. And and they shut the door on them, pinned them deep, and just sat there. And, and basically, like an old bull constrictor, snakes just squeezed the life out of Notre Dame with a brilliant coaching move. Got to give. And great defense. Yeah, you got to give credit to uh, Clemson special teams. They kept pinning Notre Dame oh, back, giving them long fields to work with uh, time and again, and that was a big key to helping Clemson get out in front and maintain that lead, I would say. It was a clinic. I mean, put on a clinic. It's how you win a football game. 
when, when you're maybe – I don't know Clemson obviously is not out man. I don't want to see anybody with Jeremiah my Trotter, among many others on defense, is not out man. But just the physicality uh, that they used in that football game, they, they would have beat a lot of people Saturday. Notre Dame is not chopped liver. They, they should have beaten Ohio State earlier this year. They've had some close losses. They've also had some very impressive wins. That was a huge win for their program in the state it's in right now for confidence and for Club Nick to get his feet under him. He had a pretty good day. But Moth on that offensive line were, you know, A-list. But the, the, the special teams, especially the punt coverage team and the punter, and that defense was a star of the show. I mean, this pick six that Trotter had was NFL first-round draft pick material. Hmm. Uh, that kid is a special player, and he got special players all around him. I mean, they really balled out. And, of course, they had them pinned in the, uh, I guess it's the north end zone down there, west end zone, the loudest end of that stadium. Everything was set up by that coaching staff. And once they got them pinned down there, it's louder than you just have to be there to experience it. A lot of you have it when you're playing or coaching, you can't hear anything. Hmm. And they had them in that end zone the entire fourth quarter. It was a brilliant job by Clemson all the way around. Total team and coaching effort. Clemson had a makeshift offensive line, uh, basically three new guys in there. How would you think they held up? <laughs> I think it kind of spoke for itself. They just basically lined up and said, here comes Moffa at you, stop him. And then the little kid from Union – comes in and there's not a whole lot of drop off when he came in the ball game played fantastic i mean again this is notre dame we're talking about 15th in the country clemson's lost to much worse teams this year and they basically have given those games away i don't think that's a that's what makes it so painful you know and um in my short brief talk text with Dabo, the one word i come out of it to me was painful this guy's still in it all the way he's not resting on his laurels um and I think good things are ahead for the Tigers. I'm a big believer in what they're doing. I think we've got two coaches in that state right now that have the kind of attitude you need to overcome odds and win ball games. And and it really showed in Clemson's performance in that ball game. All right, let's turn to the Gamecocks. They had to have a big defensive play in the last two minutes to save their bacon. I mean, they were either going to go most mm-hmm. likely overtime or find themselves in a deficit. Uh, inside of two minutes, and then Stone Blanton happened. Uh, great read yeah. on his part and showed some speed going down that sideline for a linebacker. So that allowed them to dance after the ball game and feel good about themselves and break that four-game losing streak. I don't think you – I don't know. I thought that uh, for whatever reason, Beamer was a little bit defensive towards some people after the game. I don't know what he read or saw or heard where he thought people would be making light of them dancing. I got no problem with teams – celebrating any win because winning is hard in football right and it's getting harder by the day let me tell you what i'll give a very quick story uh woody mccorvey who's obviously known for alabama and clemson but spent a year with us at south carolina and i was lucky enough the ga under him and chuck reedy who's been on the show a million times and two brilliant football minds right there Mm -hmm. we beat um i guess it was ball state maybe and he looked around and we were kind of doing the, oh, okay, you know, we beat a, a mid-major. And he said, hey, he said, enough of this, Blank. He said, you better celebrate it's a win. You don't know when you're going to get your next one. And guess what? We didn't get another one for a long time. <laughs> he knew what he was talking about, as he always has. And, you know, Shane's going to have to learn now. Look, 
there's no time to get defensive. You just want a ball game. You should never, ever be defensive toward the media. At least don't show it. Um, I mean, he doesn't have to deal with Ron Morris. <laughs> Coach Spurrier took care of him. And uh, I thank God for Coach Spurrier every day just for that reason alone. But, you know, guys like that that are not like you feel, are not like the people on this program who don't have integrity, who will say anything, and fans too. Fans, look, they might pay their money. They can say whatever they want to say. you got to put your big boy pants on. Celebrate. Don't even acknowledge that somebody's going to be critical. Of course, they had things they got to – they've got problems this year. They lost a bunch of players, and we've talked about it over and over, probably ad nauseum for some people, but the NIL thing really hurt them this year. They lost some great players. And it's it's really hurting them bad right now. But Vince or Rattler doesn't let it bother him. That cat is he's as good as there is still. And 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 the linebacker uh, Stone made an incredible play. I didn't know the kid could run like that. We need to see more of that out of him. Fantastic play, mental toughness on display. I agree a hundred percent with that statement. Maybe this will turn it for him. But again, they're outmanned right now. Go out there, fight your guts out. No, I had not heard anybody be down on them. They're giving great effort every week. Just don't quit on us, and everybody will back you, and they haven't. Defense, though, still has to be a concern. Can't get off the field. Once again, this team, Jacksonville State, had good success on third down. Uh, they found plenty of room to run at times, and that just continues to be an ongoing situation with them. And it's late in the season, probably getting a little bit too late, to figure it all out, what are they going to do down the stretch here of these last three games? I think you just try to – at this point, it goes back to what he's talking about. It, it, it's continuing to build team unity, continue to work on the fundamentals. It's never too late to work on them. They don't have to get a ton better. Success is just inches away. We've seen that in a lot of games this past weekend, both in college and in the Cowboys-Eagles game. You talk about a game of inches. That was a perfect example of – what us coaches scream about all the time in the locker rooms. They're not as far away from being good as we may think they are. A couple of bounces here and there, they definitely should beat Vanderbilt. They just need to go out this week and they need to work on getting just a little bit better every day. Paul Bear Bryant said it best. Just get a little bit better every day and you won't recognize yourself in two weeks. And and that's what I would ask of, of those boys on that team and the fans is just expect them to get a little bit better and pull a little bit harder. And the same at Clemson, it's about incremental improvement and development. And it not only goes on in, in your physical activity, but your mental approach to the game, your film study, all that stuff. I could get off in the weeds here and get too detailed, Phil, but I'll just shut up and say it is possible. And Vanderbilt certainly very winnable game for them. Mm-hmm. I would say so. I could, I could see the Gamecocks winning out. I can also see them losing two of three. I can't see them losing to Vanderbilt. I can certainly see them losing to Kentucky and Clemson. I can also see them winning those three games because at least with Rattler, as you talked about, and Leggett, what a special combination. So defensive coordinators the rest of the way, do you expect them to put two people on Leggett and challenge the Gamecocks to find other receivers? Man, I would would put three on him. That guy, last time I saw a cat like that, guy named Sterling Sharp, uh, who, in my opinion, if he hadn't gotten hurt, would be in the Hall of Fame with his brother today. was a phenomenal. Some of you too young remember him. Just trust me when I tell you that. When you watch Xavier Leggett, the size, the power, the speed, the grace, the fluidity that he plays with, I mean, he's a work of art. God made a work of art at wide receiver when he made Sterling Sharp and Jerry Rice, and he's done it with this guy, too. Um, 
you need to bracket him and, and, and take him out because if you don't, he will take you out. Just ask Jack. And Jacksonville State was trying to bracket him, and his speed and power wouldn't allow it. So I look for great things out of him. I look for Dow Loggins to put him in the slot zone, get him on the move, mm-hmm. uh, so they can't do that stuff to him. You line him up at running back. I mean, whatever you got to do to get the ball in his hands because he's one of those guys, Phil, that comes along, and Rattler's a quarterback that can be creative in getting it to him because he's so accurate. Have we ever had a better, more accurate, maybe Trevor Lawrence, maybe, but Rattler – if he keeps his composure, if he keeps things in line, he's going to have an incredible career on the next level that Gamecock fans will be able to enjoy on Sundays for a long time to come. He reminds me of a guy that's hurt right now that I coached that people slept on that's been to four or five Pro Bowls in a row. Yeah. Um, and, and I think he's that kind of guy, and I think Leggett's that kind of receiver. I really love both of them. They're great, great players and talents. Rattler is special at home yeah. in particular. Um I mean, he's completing right at seventy percent of his passes on the season. He crossed ten thousand. He crossed ten thousand career passing yards on on Saturday. I'll tell you this: I get goosebumps because the kid gets pounded in these games physically, and he never blinks. He ne- a lot of times he takes his helmet off. He's not perspiring. You're not sweating. This is a, a Joe Montana type guy that. Just he's what he's gone through, the adversity, he's taken this adversity and mastered it in transferring and getting beat out and being the top Heisman guy. He's been to the top and he's dropped all the way down to the bottom and he survived it. And there's nobody, there's no, you, any coach will tell you this knows anything. The guys that have had to fight and scrap and claw their way back from falling off the top and fight back and get back up there, you know, double tough on Saturdays or Sundays whenever they're playing. I love him. I think he's a great player. I admire his, his grit. Uh, he's one of the toughest individuals I've seen in a long time in, in NCAA football. But he is one tough customer, and he's got some weapons. They need to work with some of these other receivers to get them developed a little bit faster just to make a few plays to kick, take the workload off with a running back, Anderson, and Leggett, they're two very special players. Well, last thing, we'll let you go. I do kind of find it amazing that you got a program like Southern Cal and a program like Notre Dame, and between them, you got six losses. I mean, that's not supposed to happen with programs of that ilk. No. Well, and, and Southern Cal's got no defense. How does a program like Southern Cal, and they fired their DC yeah. this week? Uh, scapegoat, yeah. but I guess he was doing a I don't know if he was doing a lousy job or has bad players or what, but I mean, you wouldn't expect Southern Cal to have that kind of drop-off on defense. Well, I mean, you know, here, here's the problem, and I just get right to the point. There's no sense. This is why you guys got me on here on Monday nights. Lincoln Riley, when has he ever had a defense? <laughs> That's true. He had to I mean, he never. Oklahoma, are you kidding me? They're horrible on defense, and they're horrible at Southern Cal, and people are like in shock. And, you know, I'm sitting there watching, you know, Caleb Williams crying at the end of the game. I love that kid. He's a great player. But I think part of it's crying that I make a mistake by leaving Oklahoma to start with. You know, you bring Brent Venables in. They've got it. They, they're not great on defense, but they'll get better and better. They beat Texas. I mean, they, they, I'd say Oklahoma plays Southern Cal. I'd love to see that in a bowl game, by the way, for a lot of reasons. But Notre Dame um, – I think they're doing – the problem with Notre Dame is, you know, when you're recruiting, you've got to recruit the right kind of kids, and it's tough for them. Southern Cal shouldn't have a problem. 
but it's tough for Notre Dame. Number one, academically, they have academic standards that they do have to go by unless things have changed since I left the Big Ten, and we, we recruited against them all the time. And secondly, I think, you know, they've got to understand, okay, just because you're Notre Dame and Southern Cal, Clemson don't – Clemson and, and, and Washington do not care about your name or what you did in 1936. Mm-hmm. You know, this is you know, 2023, and Clemson has a great record against – against uh, Notre Dame, and Washington came in there and just wore them out offensively. Uh, It's college football has changed, Phil, and and they're going to have to navigate this because both programs bought headwell. Take that back. Southern Cal bought into like a – they were basically like a junior college buying kids. They took Lloyd and these kind of guys, and I wonder if they sit over there on the bench or whatever and wonder why did we leave the schools we left in the first place. Um you can't tell me Oklahoma didn't offer Williams a ton of money. Can't tell me they didn't. But he goes to Southern Cal and he gets what he gets. I think he plays great. It's not his fault. But, man, I I, I think the Blue Bloods, and I'll, I'll tell you one other thing. I think, I really want to see what they're going to do at Harbaugh, Michigan. Um, we'll find out how hypocritical the NCAA is because I can tell you from the scandal that's unfolded, and, of course, i got friends I talked to, do you think that kid went up there by himself and videoed all that stuff and then gave it back to him? They didn't ask where it came from. I mean, is anybody, even Michigan fans, do you really believe that Jim Harbaugh doesn't know? Of course it's, he knows. Ridiculous. Of course he of knows. Of course he knows. And, and, and I mean, that's the problem. If, if I showed up, if, if I showed up standing on the South Carolina sideline, let's use that as an example. If you caught me standing on the South Carolina sideline next to Shane Beamer. And I've got a credential on, and I've got you know something else. I've got a play sheet around my neck or whatever, like this guy did, or a notepad. You know the picture of him standing next to Harbaugh near Harbaugh. You don't think the head coach knows who's on his sideline? I mean, tell me, do you know who's on your sideline during a game? Who's oh, who's you, who's wearing the credential to be on check. your sideline? We had operations meeting. The coaches sat in, so we went over every single person in recruiting, which this kid's supposedly a part of there at Michigan, yes, you know who's on the sideline. There's an NCAA rule about who can be on your sideline and what kind of credentials they have to have. And especially after something like 9-11 went down, these major schools, this is a lockdown situation in a lot of schools, and Michigan's one of them. They know who's what, when, and where. And the bottom line is this, there's something the NCAA loves to talk about called institutional control. Institutional control means that whether you know it or not, if it happens on your watch, you're responsible. Uh-huh. And we teach our players as coaches, and his dad and his brother are fantastic people. He needs to maybe take a trip down here to Western Kentucky, talk to his dad. He probably don't even want to go to Baltimore and talk to John because I know how that would go. I got to know him when I was at Miami. John played ball at Miami, Ohio. John Harbaugh, the head coach of the Ravens. Uh-huh. But the bottom line is this, is we're getting a black eye right now because people are looking at this and they're laughing. The coaches from the Big Ten go to the – you know, the, the, the head honchos at NCAA, then the ADs come in behind them, and they're still pushing back. It's kind of like North Carolina with their probation. They spend $17, $17 million in attorney fees or whatever it is, and they finally just throw up their hands and say, we give up. They won't cooperate. And, and it, if it's a blue blood school field, they don't touch them. And, and it's got to stop somewhere. I don't think it's American. I don't think it's right. It's certainly cheating and unethical. And folks, oh, no, no, it is. It's in the rule book. It's in our code of ethics. You don't advance scouting. Yeah. And I'm sorry, but 
but I thought it needed to be brought up. I know we don't have a ton of Michigan fans, but we certainly like to see Gamecocks and Tigers whip them when they can. Thank you, Jadavian Clowney, the last time they got Hey, we and uh, hate to do this. You know, I've let the break slip by me. We got to run, but great talking <laughs> to you. You had me mesmerized. We'll talk to you next week. Thank Take you, care, Zach. Thank you, Zach. Okay, appreciate that. My goodness, I totally <laughs> blew the break because I was just so engrossed with what uh, Zach was saying. Uh, thank you, Zach. Appreciate that. Uh, quick update. Gamecocks up on Upstate, 42-28 at the half. And it is um, Michi Johnson leading the Gamecocks with 13 points. Three for three from the floor. Two for two from three. Clemson at the half leading Winthrop, 33-24. And Shiflin leading the Tigers with nine. <laughs> 